0: Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know that we are doing a playoff bracket and we are inviting you guys to join. Um, you can check it out at dunk.town slash bracket and the password to get in is cuties, that's C-U-T-I-E-S um, and it'll just be for fun, so join us. Okay, love you, Bye.
1: Welcome to Dunk Town, the podcast where we learn about basketball one game at a time. I'm Anastasia. And I'm Agata. And today we have a very special guest. Uh, you probably have heard his voice on Potterless and on Horse, both amazing podcasts. It's Michael Schubert.
2: Hello. How's it going?
1: Hi. Welcome ha- to the show. We're so
0: happy to have you.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm really glad that I could get my visa stamped with the Dunk Town
0: <laughs> or my passport
2: stamped with a Dunk Town Visa. That's right.
0: That's
1: right. We do it for everyone who passes through.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: so I pronounced your name Schubert, but I think Eric always pronounces it, your co-host always pronounces it Schubert. What do you what he is does. the actual pronunciation?
2: It is Schubert. It is. He just thought that Rudy Gobert spells it the same way because it's S-C-H-U-B-E-R-T. So Rudy Gobert, who is a French center on the jazz, Mm -hmm. uh, says it that way. I'm not French at all. (laughs) And Eric thinks it's very funny to mispronounce my last name, which I think it's fine. It's very fun though, because I did have the first time I was guesting on another podcast last week and then someone did intro me as Michael Schubert. Like genuinely they <laughs> thought that's how it was pronounced. I was like, oh you must listen to Only Horse and not
0: Potterless. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is so funny. I I it kind of is nice. You're like it's a subtle disguise. You're a very subtly a different personality when you're shoe bear maybe.
2: Yeah, and I can like <laughs> weed out fake fans now.
1: Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, so you have uh, this great podcast that's like sort of in you know for me teaching me about basketball um, and and sort of like the history of basketball. But we want to know what is your basketball history?
2: Sure. Ooh. So my history of basketball. I started playing when I was five years old in the classic phase at least for kids in my neighborhood in New Jersey where it was just you played every sport and then you did them all until you like stopped liking particular ones and then put more effort into it. Uh, and I really enjoyed basketball so I stuck with it. So I started playing when I was five and I I was solid um, but I was really short when I was little and then all of a sudden I had a big growth spurt in high school, I grew like nine inches In between my freshman and sophomore year. So I went from being like five foot two to almost six feet. Nine inches in one summer. It was quite a bit. Were you like Uh,
1: awkward? I feel like that's like a baby calf coming out for the first time. It's like, (laughs) I've got all these limbs. Yeah,
2: it wasn't, it wasn't awkward. I remember blowing through shoes and clothes really quickly and being very confused. Yeah. And then the, the way I found out was when we moved, so we moved from New Jersey to Texas just before I started high school.
0: Where in Texas,
2: Houston, Texas.
0: Okay, nice.
2: Um, yeah, my sister lives in Dallas now. So I know you have the Dallas tie.
0: Yeah, my family's in Dallas still, my parents. Nice. Yeah. Uh,
2: so we, we were in our new house in Houston. And in our dining room, we had like a, like a hanging light fixture thing. And when we first moved, I could walk under it and not even have to duck or anything like that and I remember one time in the summer the doorbell rang and it was one of my buddies and I tried to run through this room to get to the door and I like smacked the light like right (laughs) in between my eyes so like a significant chunk down and my parents were like oh my god are you okay and I was like yeah I grew it's fine Uh, so that's immediately got my dad to get out the tape measure and like that's when I realized I'd grown so much so my basketball focus had to shift from being a point guard to being like a wing, which mm. was like a weird transitional part of my actually playing basketball career. Yeah, uh, And then I played in high school, uh, freshman, sophomore, and junior year. I did not play senior year because I was going to just like ride the bench and I had to like work on my SATs mm-hmm. and college <laughs> applications, which ended up working. And I went to Rice university. I ended up playing like intramurals and stuff there. Won the freshman year oh, tournament, cool. which was very fun. It's and now nice. I just play pickup a lot and i talk a lot of trash okay i have been i have been asked by opposing gentlemen if i want to take this outside three different times
0: and i have respectfully
2: declined no i respectfully declined all three offers
0: (laughs) that's funny what what about your teams like which teams do you follow um have they always been the same do you have favorite players
2: Right, so I grew up in Jersey, as I mentioned, and mm-hmm. my dad grew up in there as well. So he was a big Knicks fan growing up because the Nets didn't exist when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. So I also am a Knicks fan. They started getting really bad once I started getting old enough to like understand the sport. Like they got they got bad starting in 2000, and that's when I was eight, and then I like grasped following basketball. So basically the Knicks had been bad my whole life. Yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> and I remember what really like took me over the edge from from being a casual NBA fan to being obsessed, was Linsanity, just the whole German oh, yeah. phrase. Yeah. Just because it was a nerdy kid on the my favorite team wearing my favorite number. It was just so many combining factors. But that put me over the edge of being obsessed with the Knicks. Um, but there, there were spans where I really... Rooted for just some other teams, and because the Knicks are so bad, I took more of a holistic approach to like following the entire NBA and mm-hmm. not just my team because that was depressing. Uh, so I really loved the like the seven seconds or less Suns. Oh, so yeah, that was my big my Steve boys. Nash fan and everything. Yeah, like that team, I loved them so really enjoyed that team. Um, I enjoyed when LeBron was the bad guy on the Heat just because everybody hated it. And I was like, I like him being the villain. I thought that was very (laughs) fun. Not that I was like a Heat fan. I just thought that was an interesting element. And I remember... Uh, I remember when the Warriors almost upset the Spurs like the year before they were really good. Mm-hmm. I was like, these guys are fun. And then I lived in Oakland for that first championship year. And I was like, oh, cool. I'll go to these games a lot. Mm. And then the Warriors became like the Warriors now. And I was like, okay, I can't like, everyone's going to think I'm this bandwagon fan. So <laughs> it, it's just like a past era in my life, though I do enjoy watching Klay Thompson succeed because he's just such a wonderful human.
1: <laughs> he's, I also, I feel like a lot of people give him uh, guff because he does silly things like talk about scaffolding and
2: love that interview so fantastic and
1: goes on cruises with instagram models which is just like (laughs) a ridiculous thing to do but i feel like he's also just kind of this like chill stoner dude and yeah uh, i don't know i like him i think he's he's funny whether he means to be or not
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I don't think he needs to be. He just wants to make buckets and play with his dog and get drunk in China in the off season. That's all he wants to do. And I love it.
0: Do you go to a lot of Knicks games or Nets games?
2: I go to a lot of Knicks games. Yeah, basically whenever the tickets are cheap, mm. I'll go. So usually if they're playing a bad team or if I convince my boss, which I did this year, uh, he was like, "We should do like a a, a team building outing." And he like offhandedly mentioned like, "Yeah, maybe we could go to a Knicks game." And I was like, "I'm holding you to it." So <laughs> went to a Knicks game there. So yeah, I've been to like I've been to like five this year, and then I went to a Nets game, um, and then. I, I lived in Seattle before I moved out here to New York mm-hmm. for two years and that was rough having no NBA team oh, so yeah. I would I would find when like really good teams were coming on weekend games uh, so I like planned an entire trip to Portland mm. when the Warriors were in town when I was living in Seattle to like Whoa. make a whole weekend out of it so <laughs> I would find excuses to go or like I got sent to Portland for work once when I was in Seattle and they were like you can go any of the th- these first three weeks in March which week do you want to go to and i remember saying like i cannot go the first two weeks i have a strict conflict and uh so they sent me the third week and then my boss asked me he's like what's this strict conflict that you can't go the first two weeks and i was like oh the the uh the blazers are playing away games those two weeks (laughs) and then the third week i went when they were playing the Bucks so i could see Giannis play
1: (laughs) oh amazing i bet that was fun
2: it was wonderful it was a great time
1: you know so the knicks play in madison square garden is that right
2: they do. They do.
1: So what are some what are some things you love about Madison Square Garden? What are some things you hate about Madison Square Garden?
2: Madison Square Garden is in my mind, just a perfect arena. Oh it's wow! When what? Just when all the when all the players talk about it, just being I know. Like this cathedral yeah. for sports. It makes sense. I don't know if either of you have ever been. No, but I've it's never just been. Like,
0: but I everyone is always like posting Instagrams and being like, I "Can't believe I'm playing in Madison Square Garden." <laughs> yeah, I've never been either.
2: I I remember even as a Knicks fan before I went to to see a game at the Garden. I was like, okay, sure, whatever. But like when you go there, it just like feels. Different. It's just it's perfectly laid out where like it's it's round and not really tall. So it feels closer in. Mm. It has this really cool ceiling design, um, which like lights up really well. So it feels like a lot lighter and Mm. just like more dramatic of lighting. And it's just the energy there is nuts just because the seats are always filled. It's always packed. So there's always going to be energy, especially if the Knicks do well. Mm. Um, It's really convenient to get to in that there's a bunch of subway trains that go right up to it. Mm. It sits on top of Penn Station, which is a really popular subway and train station in in New York. So, like, that's convenient for for getting into and out of the stadium. Um, I think my only complaint is that so many people, like, so many different people live in New York. So, what will happen is you'll get pretty solid attendance of like other people's fans going to the games. Oh yeah. So I remember when the Mavs came there was like this big dirt contingency mm. especially for those Western Conference teams that only play one game in MSG oh, per right. year. Yeah. If you go to one of those games like if you go to the Lakers game there's going to be a bunch of Lakers fans. Yeah. If you go to the Warriors game there's a bunch of Warriors fans, stuff like that. So Yeah, it's like my the only the, complaint it's like
1: that for the that. Clippers too cuz we go to Clippers right. games a lot. So it's like a sure. lot of And they're like the cheaper LA team. Yeah. So So it's like, oh, I'm gonna see my team. I'm not gonna pay Lakers prices. I'm gonna play Clippers prices. Yeah,
0: Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. We should should we go to New York and see the game at Madison Square Garden?
2: Wait, hold on, hold on one second. I have a Madison Square Garden like thing in my room. I'll show you. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We should go.
1: We'll we'll meet up with the Horse Boys. This I'm all about this. I feel like our our new thing is. Our new thing is so going like, to be uh, traveling to different cities and oh, going to see basketball games. Yeah. We've already that's got, great.
2: We, you should totally do it. We, we, we already, already like, have one in
1: the books. Oh, what is that?
2: So that's just like this uh, Amanda McLaughlin, who is a part of Multitude, the network I'm in. Uh, her dad got this at some like Knicks bowling can fundraiser can you, thing. <laughs> uh, and it's just this like it's a perfect image of just this is like before the game starts. And it's just like really I don't know. It's just such a nice, perfect arena. It lives up to all the heights.
0: Is that it's it's just so a, pretty? A picture on, like, a glued-on picture. I can't really tell.
2: It's it's like a vinyl, uh, like, wrapped around okay, cool. wood kind of thing great. that hangs up on my the, room. It's fun. It's yeah. good, and I got it for zero dollars.
1: That <laughs> nice. ceiling is like almost like um, I don't know. It's like a art deco style yeah beautiful light ceiling <laughs> yeah we were t- yeah we, we were
0: talking about this when you walked away but i said we should fly out there and go see a game and meet up with the horse boys <laughs> would you guys be hey, down that'd be
2: super fun oh yeah we'll go to the game together we'll yeah. record a bunch of episodes that'd be super fun yeah we'll we'll, we'll play each nba get- jam <laughs> two on two <laughs>
0: We'll each get some content out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we might as well. Yeah,
2: maybe maybe for a Clipper the next like Clippers Lakers or Clippers Knicks next year could be super fun. Oh
1: uh, yeah. yeah, totally. <laughs> um, we we have been calling you guys the horse boys yeah. this whole time. Do you call yourselves that?
2: We don't, but we're going to have to now. I like it. <laughs> it's
1: great, right? <laughs> I, it I works like, very well. They could either be offended by this or love nah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nah, we're not, we, implying, we're not implying that you're half horse, half man. <laughs> <laughs> no, because then
2: we'd be the centaurs. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so uh, you also, you mentioned that you love to trash talk. Do you oh, yeah. have some favorite players who trash talk? Yes.
2: Uh, I mean, obviously, obviously Draymond Green as a current player is uh-huh. someone that I see a lot of myself in. Also, Patrick Beverly. <laughs> oh my I God, I love Patrick Beverly. <laughs> <laughs> He's so fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> when, when I was playing pickup basketball two days ago, um, someone on the other team called me the white Patrick Beverly. <laughs> and I have never received a higher compliment in my life. You
0: were just being annoying out there, just like swatting yes. at him.
2: <laughs> just because like, I try really hard on defense and I, talk trash and I like go really hard and will like die for balls and stuff so yes I see a lot of myself in Patrick Beverly but I can't shoot threes as well as him so I usually say my player comparison is more of Draymond Green I would feel bad because Pat Bev is very good at threes and I'm mildly okay not my strong suit
1: (laughs) did you see when he was defending LeBron recently and he just was like a gnat he was so annoying poking (laughs) at him the whole time Mm
2: Uh. Yeah, I I love it. And, And I love the kind of player like Tony Allen or someone that'll just not care about getting points and just take pride in the fact that they defended the best player on the other team and held them to no points or single digits or whatever like that's the kind of stuff that i love and it's stuff that i used to do when i would play back in houston there's this one like really tall guy and i'd be like no i'm guarding him and <laughs> all i would put effort on was making sure he didn't score and then i would have like two points
0: <laughs> <laughs> um let's let's talk uh, about the playoffs who do you think is gonna okay be the western conference champion and eastern Con- conference champion
2: um, for the West, I think it's the Warriors. I they just can't be touched. They yeah. have too many good players. I also need them to win the the title this year to fulfill my destiny of Kevin Durant getting bored and then going to the Knicks. <laughs> so I <laughs> hey, have a very happen. vested interest. I hope so, yeah. and I think if they win it all, there's a higher chance that he'll bounce.
1: That's true. Yeah.
2: So that w- that'd be my pick for the West.
1: Okay, and
0: what about the East?
2: The East, I think the Bucks are just a well designed well-oiled machine
1: yeah they're kind of um green as far as like see, you know playoff uh and their jerseys no i just mean like they're not really seasoned playoff wise yeah. do you think that's gonna affect right. them at all or they look great now though yeah. i mean
2: that's true yeah I, I think it's gonna be fine mainly just because when you look at the other teams i don't know that they're playoff veteran teams in there. Like the, the Celtics, I guess, but they have so much problems going on. Yeah. And the right. Sixers are really young. And then the Raptors, just like their entire playoff career to this point, has just been getting destroyed by LeBron. So I don't know if they have any valid playoff experience. Mm. Uh, I think they're I think they're gonna be fine. I just think that what it comes down to is they they have a really solid setup and they've got like a really solid like they know who they are and they mm-hmm. know what they need to do. Yeah. And it's a and it's a system that I think works because, you know, if, if you just have Giannis surrounded by shooters, it's pretty good. I also think Brooke Lopez is a matchup nightmare for a lot of people. Oh, mm. for sure. And yeah. I think that's going to be like if Brooke Lopez gets Joel Embiid to 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 have to go way away from the basket, it's going to do well for the Bucks. So I think I think they're looking very solid.
0: That's great. Um, is there any team that you think can take down the Warriors?
2: Um, I mean, the Rockets, if James Harden goes nuclear, yeah. is always in play. Okay. Um I don't really know of any, like, yeah. I don't have, I, I I don't really have confidence in any other team in the West. Yeah. I honestly think that, I think that in the East, I think the Bucks could definitely put up a fight. Yeah. I think that this, if the Celtics have their shit together... Yes, but they just have... It's like the season's almost over and they still have not gotten that together. Right. So, I don't know. I would have said that, but that yeah. I just... I don't know. I I, I don't really see anyone stepping yeah. to them.
0: I'm just excited that it's going to be someone other than the Cavs.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. 100%. I'm glad that the East is going to be exciting. And I think the East playoffs, when it gets to that Final Four, like when it gets to the point where it's maybe raptors bucks celtics and sixers Mm -hmm. like that round is going to be very very exciting yeah Yeah. i'm
1: super excited for that and i i feel like it's right now the east is just more exciting than the west is and i mean there's lots of great teams on the west but we just know who's kind of dominating yeah and uh Uh the east is just has so many fun players too um it's It's going to be exciting seeing Kawhi out there and uh, Giannis. And also, if it is Bucks versus Warriors in the end, I'm excited to see Giannis battle against his little buddy, Steph Curry. Oh, cute.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they
1: love each other so much. They and I just do. I want it to just be like, you know, either them going hard and being like, I love you, but I got to slam on you right now or something, oh, yeah. you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Little twinkle in their eye. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it'll be really fun. I also think what's going to be fun is that I think the West and East playoffs will be interesting at different times, which will make my life as a playoff basketball watcher easier. Yeah, because like I think the beginning rounds of the East are going to be very boring. Like it's very cute that the Nets and the Magic and the Heat are all fighting for the eight seed, but like all of those teams are going to get destroyed. Like the Pistons right. are going to get murdered by whoever they face. Uh, so I think the first round of the West is actually going to be interesting, just because those are so tight that like the difference between the three seed and the Eight seed is like nothing. Yeah. So like even if Oklahoma City's the eight seed, or if you know, like I don't have any confidence in Portland anymore with Nurkic down. Right. So I think like the first round of the West will be interesting, and the first round of the East will not. And then I think the second round of the East will be interesting, and I don't think the second round of the West will be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's gonna like go back and forth yeah. between series being interesting and not at the same time, which will be very good for my sleep schedule.
1: That's a good point. Um, us too, because we're trying to cover all of that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, we. I mean we. Wow. Just just, wow. We want to see the Clippers just you know make it as far as their trade yeah, can come on. Little go.
2: Guys. I, oh, what a good feel-good story this year! Yeah, Gosh. Yeah. they trade their best player and they're like, we're still good. Also, I know. absolutely stealing Zubac from the from the Lakers. <laughs> <Yeah>. Incredible.
0: <laughs> Honestly, oh, I they, love it. Yeah, they're amazing. We're big fans. It's just like they're so much fun to watch. And, and scrappy, and, you know, and they're not obviously, the
2: scrappiest team. Ever. Yeah,
0: obviously they can't beat the Warriors, but. You know, maybe they can, I mean, depending on the matchups, I guess, we don't really know yeah. how that's going to shake I mean, out. I,
2: if you guys get, if you get slotted against the Blazers, I could see that working very well for the Clippers just because the Blazers have lost their best post player. And look at the Blazers last year got freaking rocked by the Pelicans. So oh, yeah. I think anything is possible.
1: Okay. So um, I want to talk to you a little bit about your podcast. Um, And sure. unfortunately, your co-host Eric couldn't be here because um, he he's not. sick.
2: He's very sick, <laughs> uh,
1: but oh, feel um, better. How did how did you come up with the idea for this podcast and sort of like get it going?
2: Right, so we started it. Uh, we, we had like talked about it jokingly, but when we really started thinking about doing it, it was me and Eric were at PodCon in Seattle, the first one, so like two years ago, like December of twenty. 16 and We had talked because it was like we're at this podcast convention and I was joking that like the only podcasts that I listened to and did at the time Were basketball podcasts even though I was making my own show So I was like my entire lineup was like low post Uh, And bill simmons before he got really bad and (laughs) other basketball podcasts Um, And we were joking like "Uh, I wish that we could talk about basketball To podcasters and, and all these other people at these types of conventions that are like on the nerdier side but like they, I don't think they'd be down for it. And we were just going back and forth about how like basketball is so much fun to follow. And it's so dramatic. Like it's more fun than the actual sport is all of the other stuff. And I was like, if we could, if we could just convince people, Hey, all the other stuff is so much more fun. They would be on board. And then we like talked about it a little bit, but what, what really cemented it was, uh, spirits, which is another podcast center network. They let us do a guest episode, um, Where, like, they do a show about like mythology, urban legends, and all this. So, we stretched that to talk about the the two best basketball conspiracy theories the frozen envelope for Patrick Ewing and the Michael Jordan. Like, did he, when he retired for two years, was it a forced retirement uh, by the NBA by David Stern because of his whole gambling stuff? Right, right. So, we did an episode covering that, and that was so much fun to do and went really well. We were like, okay, we can actually do this. That's so cool. And then started doing all the prep work for horse and now it exists as a show just to prove to everyone whether you're a basketball fan or not that like the nba is is really fun to follow it's like watching reality tv honestly you don't even have to know how the sport works or whatever. And just trying to prove that like you don't have to be some dude bro sports head to yeah. <laughs> to watch basketball. It's a very open and accepting and fun league. And that's why I love Dungtown too, because you also, it's not like Aww, you don't have you. to be a dude to like basketball. <laughs> yeah. like, right. Two two ladies being like, hey, like we kind of knew about basketball and now we're going to a bunch of games and stuff and we love it. Um that I, I love this. Yeah. I love that it seems, at least from my perspective, that fans of basketball are like the most it's just like the nicest of people and the less restrictive and not like it's the most open league and yeah. i i just enjoy that like the sport and the fandom seem to be very welcoming and accepting.
0: Yeah, i think we're we're on the same page. That was really why we started our show cuz we thought all this other <laughs> stuff was fun. I mean, the games are they can be very exciting and fun to watch, but everything else really ties it together and it's actually funny that you're talking about basketball conspiracies because we also were on another show about conspiracies and we talked about a basketball conspiracy well loosely related (laughs) uh, which one? about Dennis Rodman uh, being a a US government operative in North Korea.
2: (laughs) Nice very fun yeah that's a weird friendship with him and Kim Jong-un that's very strange.
0: It is weird and we totally convinced ourselves that (laughs) it was a a real thing. (laughs) I love it. We we're, were on our friend's show, uh, Lizard People, where they, oh, yeah, nice, they nice. talk about all kinds of conspiracies.
1: But yeah, we we like kind of were surprised that so many listeners of our show who would like email us or like tweet at us were saying like we don't like the sort of like bro stuff as well. Right. And so it's really cool when, you know, basketball fans can get together and be like we're just gonna um, be excited and, like, you know, silly and kind of nerdy about this rather than being, like, a big jock who's, like, wants to argue about things all the time. I think that's the other thing.
0: Yeah, and we, we really, like, make a point to talk about, like, you know toxic masculinity and like homophobia <laughs> totally. and like all this shit that comes up and, and you know, we see it cause we're like looking at all this basketball stuff all day on the internet and we just see yeah. like the reaction from people and we're like, that's the part I don't like about being in this world. And I think that a lot of people just don't address it cause they're like, you know, they don't want to talk about feelings or they do you know, they want to look manly or whatever cause it's a sports thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that like having people in uh like the players that are you know people look up to that are like more open about that kind of stuff are really kind of changing the tide on that and yeah i like that a lot
2: yeah, I think the NBA is really coming around to it. I mean, it started last season with Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan talking more about mental health yes. and mental wellness and, and you know, feeling depression and, and all that kind of stuff. Chris Bosh also as well. So that was good to, to start that, especially being like stars in the NBA. Um, and then I think the NBA is, has done the best with in terms of like gay pride. Yeah. I remember when... When Jason Collins came out, it was like very welcoming and accept and accepting. I think every team has a pride night. The Knicks had their pride night. Uh, I think this past weekend against the Heat, um, and also just like the most recent stuff that's unfortunate, but thankfully the NBA's had the good responses. When fans are saying racist stuff to the players, like they're banning these fans from going to the games. Like yeah. the Jazz and the Celtics have now both like put bans on fans that they heard saying racist things or homophobic things to the players, they're kicking them out of the stadium. So I really enjoy that the NBA is coming around to it. The league has been really solid. I mean, they kicked out Donald Sterling, like doing a lot of good stuff to just not put up with it. It's it's been really good.
1: We're, um, we're going to continue our podcast, uh, with the WNBA, once that season starts, and oh
2: I, yeah, I'm so stoked.
1: You're a big Sue Bird fan, is that right? Yes.
2: Oh gosh, we love Sue Bird with all of our hearts. Sue, please come on our podcast.
1: <laughs> oh, well, she listens to she our show, she so does. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't um, play with my heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's so cool, though. I love hearing you you uh, talk about Sue Bird because honestly, she is so amazing. I love following her mm-hmm. on Instagram. I love her relationship. I love. I mean she's oh, just yeah. she's awesome.
2: She's absolutely wonderful and I I think my favorite thing one of my favorite elements of the WNBA is all of the NBA players loving the WNBA and respecting the hell out of all of the women that play in that league. Right. I think it's the, that's like the biggest weed out if you ever like want to see if a person is worth talking to or not. Just see if anyone thinks the WNBA is like bad. Yeah. Don't, you do not give this person any of your time. (laughs) Like if they're like, oh, it's not fun to watch. Like, oh, they're worse. Or if they think, if some dude at an LA Fitness thinks he could play against someone from the WNBA, he is sorely mistaken. Oh god. Those, Those ladies can freaking hoop. And it is so much fun to watch.
0: I mean, and it's it's so annoying to like even just look at comments and people just talking about like how they should be in the kitchen or whatever. Uh. It's like it's not even like or original people commenting or funny. on their
1: looks. That yeah. drives me crazy. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah.
2: yeah. And of course, these these people making these comments are the most attractive humans <laughs> right. on the of face of the earth.
1: Or like the homophobia, like right. it's just like let them just play basketball. Also, mm-hmm. enjoy watching them play basketball because they're yeah. freaking good. and They're uh, so good. Yeah, yeah, and fun to watch. So
2: Yeah, I, I love that the, w- the WNBA is getting more and more respect. I love that players are really being vocal about it. I love that you have people like Shea Serrano becoming really big into the Las Vegas team yeah. and that just like getting some fans, just like some internet buzz towards it. I just think the more and more rep And like the better representation that the WNBA can get can be great. And Sue Bird has said this on podcasts in the past where she's like, I think that one of the biggest problems in the WNBA is our marketing department. Like, what are we doing? So I love that she isn't satisfied with it as well. And I hope that it just continues to get more notoriety and respect Mm. and, you know, just like a better appreciation for what is an amazing and criminally underrated league.
0: Right. And, 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 you know. Sue, if you're listening, you always have a seat at the table at Dunktown
1: <laughs> and yeah, at the horse.
0: You have two <laughs> seats always available.
1: And uh, it's great that like Connecticut and Seattle have WNBA teams that where they don't have NBA teams and the mm-hmm. they have like so much support. I love seeing oh, stuff yes. like that where it's like when you talk to people from Connecticut, they're like insane about their WNBA team. That's it's awesome. Very fun. Mm hmm.
2: Oh, Seattle absolutely loves the storm. I went to a finals game and it was ridiculous like it was mob there's so many people around the parade was huge oh my and God. incredibly well attended Seattle very much appreciates the storm which makes my heart very happy That's
0: great we're about to go to a Sparks game in in June we're excited Yeah I've never nice. seen, I've never been to an WNBA game
1: before Me neither it'll be so much fun They're
2: great they're just so fun and wholesome I went to two at the Storm last year and they just did so many fan giveaways like they gave out so much free stuff it was great oh I got God. like a $20 <laughs> gift card to a coffee shop they were giving out shirts. The players were like all throwing their shoes and stuff into the crowd at the end of the game. It was wonderful. <laughs> it was just such a positive experience. They're throwing
0: <laughs> their shoes at the crowd. Amazing. It, well, I it, it. Was, it was
2: the last game of the season. So I think that like they were getting rid of their shoes because Nike and, and those brands usually give them like special shoes to wear for the playoffs. Right. So I think it was more of like we are contractually not allowed to wear these shoes anymore. So like here, mm. everyone take our shoes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but it was
2: dope. They did so many giveaways. I loved it.
1: Amazing.
0: Well, that's cool. We're, all, we, we're always just trying to grab a T-shirt out. Of the air at an nba games. Yes. we've never caught anything <laughs> yeah. like, we went to, uh, we went to a game there. yesterday and it, like it was really like the guy right next to us had it in his hand the people at the end of the row someday it'll be
1: us the t-shirts it'll were happen. just raining around yeah. us and we just couldn't <laughs> get our hands on <laughs> wanted- uh,
2: it i had my first t-shirt catch at an nba game at the knicks game i went to earlier in the year and it was like I jumped and like grabbed it it was very satisfying you'll get there and it is like being on cloud 12 and a half it (laughs) is an (laughs) unreal experience
1: okay so you know a lot about basketball history or NBA history Uh, we do not so we have (laughs) not asked you to kind of prepare a little history lesson for us don't know much about history So what are you going to teach us today, Mike?
2: Sure. So learning that you two are big Clippers fans, I thought, what better thing to teach you about than one of the most embarrassing years of Los Angeles Lakers history so we can all (laughs) laugh at the Lakers together, (laughs) which is the greatest thing to do. Uh, So have you ever seen um, this, the iconic, now this is going to be fun cover of Sports Illustrated? No. No. Okay, I'm going to let me see if I can send it in. Gabe's pulling Skype. it
0: up. Okay. So, who's who are we looking at here?
2: We're looking at Steve, Steve Nash, Nash. Okay. on the left uh-huh. and we're looking at Dwight Howard on the right. Okay. So, this cover was made uh this cover was made in the 2012 offseason before the 2012-2013 NBA season. And this was like the first iteration of like a super team. This was this was the Big 3 before, like the Celtics had done their big three thing, and this was before the Heat had done their thing. Mm -hmm. But this was like the precursor to that, where a team signed like two really high-profile guys in the same year. Okay. Um, And it blew up in the Lakers' face so poorly. So that's what was great about this cover, because it says, now this is going to be fun, and it's Dwight Howard and Steve Nash looking very excited (laughs) to destroy the league spoiler alert the league destroyed them oh, so this no. is just like it's it, just become it wasn't a meme fun. now no it wasn't <laughs> there was like lots of memes and they're being shared now with like the lebron year this year where it's like oh, now this is going to be fun like <laughs> <laughs> so i wanted to to teach you two about this atrocious laker season uh which led to this okay. cover of sports illustrated looking more and more ridiculous as time goes on All right, so let me tell you this wonderful tale. So in 2012 in the playoffs, the Lakers had just gotten defeated by the Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Lakers then wanted to make a splash in the offseason to try to fight back into contention. So the first thing that they did was a sign-and-trade for Steve Nash. Steve Nash was just coming off another— unsuccessful year in the with the Phoenix Suns in that they didn't win a championship um, but he was still playing pretty well he'd expressed interest in wanting to play for another team and he wanted to fight for championship contention because it wasn't going to happen with the Suns so the the Lakers ended up trading four picks two first round picks and two second round picks for Steve Nash um, and he w- what was really hard was he was deciding between the Lakers and the Knicks which I was very excited about oh. as a Knicks fan um, but he ended up choosing the Lakers so he could be closer to his kids in Phoenix which Aww. I thought was really sweet.
0: Cute. He's
1: such a family guy it's really cute even mm-hmm. now when because he kind of consults for the Warriors you always see him yes. with his kids.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. And that was part of the reason why he took the job with the Warriors is because all his kids were then based out of LA after him being with the Lakers for a couple years so he didn't want to go too far. Right. So they made made this big trade to get Steve Nash, and that was kind of cool. Even though he was like 38, he was still Steve Nash. So they were thinking, oh, cool, Steve Nash and Kobe, that's fun. But then we have Dwight Howard, everybody's favorite boy who I don't think anyone has ever gone from being so liked to so disliked in the span of one year with the whole Dwight Mayer in in Orlando situation. It is baffling to me how quickly everyone turned on Dwight Howard.
1: Yeah. We actually Googled Dwight Mayer. (laughs)
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. <And laughs> can you
1: give us a short there's <laughs> there's like yeah there was like it kind of looked like the title of a horror film because there was like Dwight Mare one Dwight Mare two all the way up to like Dwight Mare seven <laughs> we we're like what <laughs> this poor guy
2: okay so Dwight Howard was on the Orlando Magic and he was very good at basketball mm-hmm. and the the Magic were were pretty good too in 2009 they made it to the the finals ended up losing um, but then they started playing not so well in 2010 and 2011. So it was very reminiscent of Shaq wanting to leave the Orlando Magic and go to a bigger market. There were all these rumors that Dwight wanted to leave and go to the Lakers. Mainly, he just wanted to play for like a better team and compete or whatever. But it was this whole big thing where he had first expressed to the Magic that he really wanted to get traded or leave the team. But then like the day before his deadline to sign like a one-year contract extension his player option. There was this whole big thing where he like wasn't going to do it and he wasn't going to sign it. But then the Magic won some game really dramatically. And on the team plane back home, they had all of his favorite candy on the plane. (laughs) And he credited those two things in conjunction as him going back and deciding to sign the one year contract extension, which was a whole nightmare because it was this guy who like very publicly for a year was like, I don't like this team. I don't want to be in this team. And he's like, just kidding. I'm going to be on this team for another year. It was wild.
0: Uh, is that going to be Anthony Davis? <laughs> oh, uh, <yeah. laughs>
2: who knows? The Anthony Davis thing is also bonkers. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to see. Uh, but yeah, Dwight Mayer is a whole nother thing.
1: I love that he has a favorite candy, though. Yeah. Like, I wonder uh-huh. what, what was the candy? Do you remember?
2: Uh, I want to say it was... It was either Skittles or MMs. It was one of the two. <laughs> but Dwight Howard is like he had a notorious like candy addiction where mm. he would eat it all of the time.
0: Wow, well, get in line, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, loves candy. That's true. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so he the this whole Dwight Mayer thing had lingered into the next year. And basically a year after doing this whole thing where he was like, I don't want to be on the team, just kidding, I'm assigned an extension. A year later he was like, Remember that time I didn't want to be on the team anymore? I still don't want to be on the team. So So they were then trading him, and there was this ridiculous trade to get him onto the Lakers with one year left on his contract. It involved four teams, and it was absolutely nuts. Basically, Orlando ended up getting a bunch of picks from a couple teams. The Lakers ended up getting Dwight Howard. And Philadelphia ended up getting a couple picks as well as Jason Richardson. Um, A big part of the trade also was the 76ers sending Andre Iguodala to the Denver Nuggets at the time. And Andre Iguodala was like, Really solid at that point. He was in probably like the prime of his career. Even though now with the Warriors, he's had so much success. And I found this great quote on Twitter right after it happened. Andre Iguodala tweeted, "quote I know my best basketball is ahead of me," which is a really great call your shot because now he's won two NBA championships. <laughs> yeah. or, like, he was right. <laughs> he's won three NBA championships and Finals MVP. Like Nostradamus, Andre Iguodala, right here. He with was a like very Babe
1: by like pointing <laughs> to the you know. Stadium, right? Just
2: like seven years early. But still, he was correct. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So the Lakers now have Dwight Howard and Steve Nash in addition to having Metta World Peace and Paul Gasol on their team so this was something where the league is was terrified no the Kobe's on the team too. Okay, sorry okay. It, I was it was just an understatement <laughs> Kobe's <on> this team. <laughs> so this is their whole roster they've like a solid it like I remember as a basketball fan I'm like the Lakers are gonna go 82 and 0 like they, it was it was very much the vibe when the heat came together mm-hmm. where people just thought they were gonna destroy 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 everyone, but it did not go super well so they the biggest problem was injuries like Dwight Howard had some back surgery he had a mass removed from his back that he was on record saying quote looked like a raw chicken tender came out of my back oh what my god fuck? so that's a fun visual oh just my- to have you know uncooked chicken floating around in your back
1: what I wonder if it was like <laughs> his twin or something oh. <laughs> he ate his twin
0: he ate in, it the it womb. in the womb yeah <laughs> <No. laughs>
1: Uh, that is so fucked
0: up I don't want to think about a raw (laughs) chicken patty
1: (laughs) I like that that was his like he felt the need to describe it you don't need to describe (laughs) it just say they removed a (laughs) mask yeah
2: yeah, and and Ron Artest, or sorry, Metaworld Peace at the time uh, said like like later on was like if if he if people saw the photo that he showed me on his phone, everyone would have given him less grief for playing poorly. Oh. So, <laughs> so apparently, Metaworld Peace thought it was really gross too. So so injuries were a big thing where it was just like throughout the year, Dwight would be hurt, and then Steve Nash got hurt, and all this other stuff. But they didn't start the season off really well. They went zero for eight in the preseason, which is not great. And then they started the year one for four oh, uh, no. or one, one and four. And at that point, their head coach, Mike Brown, got fired. So oh, boy. like not not great when like five games into the season, you're like, just kidding. We're firing our coach. Yeah. So they fire Mike Brown. And then they bring in Mike D'Antoni, who you might recall used to coach Steve Nash in Phoenix in the seven seconds or less Sundays.
1: They have a rapport. He's uh, Mm -hmm. he had good success in Phoenix. And uh, that makes sense, right?
2: Totally. And he was this offensive genius. And they thought that he could bring some sort of some sort of revolution to the Lakers and and get him out of this like stagnant start to the season. The problem is that Mike D'Antoni has this particular type of basketball that they like to play. And if you look at Mike D'Antoni's career, he coached the Suns and it went very well. He coached the Lakers, and it went very poorly. He coached the Knicks, and it went very poorly, and he coached the Rockets, and it's going very well. When he has a very fast and athletic guard and people that can shoot three-pointers around them, he does very well because he has this one particular style. Yeah. Unfortunately, this Lakers team did not fit the style, and he did not want to budge from his style, so Mm. it didn't work.
0: Oh, I see. (laughs)
2: So you've got this situation where you have Paul Gasol, who likes to play in the post mm-hmm. on this system, which is all predicated on, like, pick and rolls and then shoot three-pointers. So not a great fit right there. Then you have Steve Nash, who wants to do a lot of pick and rolls, but Dwight Howard doesn't like doing pick and rolls just, like, historically for some reason. Dwight Howard has played with Steve Nash and James Harden in his career. Both people who are amazing in the pick and roll. And he refused to do it. Wow. Which is just, it's just so baffling. Like, it's the pure stubborn thing where everyone's like, if you would just do this thing, you'd be so good. (laughs) Right. But he doesn't want to do it. So, you have a, point guard who wants to do pick and rolls with a center who does not want to do pick and rolls. Then you have Kobe Bryant who just wants to ISO all the time, but his coach is telling him to do pick and rolls. And then that causes Steve Nash to be an off-ball shooter, which he doesn't want to do either. So basically, all of your players are doing things they don't want to do, which is not great right <laughs> like, you don't want to do that at all w- everyone had very bad years
1: i wonder how well steve nash and kobe got along because they're so i they just feel like such opposites to me in their style of play and in personality a little yeah, bit yeah totally. Mm-hmm. steve's really yeah. like team focus mm-hmm. and kobe's mm-hmm. such a like <laughs> jerk <laughs> 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 I mean, accurate. Like yeah. Steve
2: Nash had the whole thing where he would high five everyone in his team yeah. all the time because oh. he believed that it would raise morale. And there was someone did like a study. It's like this joke article yes. of like Steve Nash high fiving all of his teammates and like, does it correlate to the team winning? <laughs> <laughs> it, it like roughly does. I love it. It's so fantastic. It's, that's and yeah, so Kobe cute. meanwhile shit talks his teammates all the time.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we went to uh, Clippers uh, Suns game and the mm-hmm. Suns were doing a little like, hand slap after every single shot. It was the cutest thing we've yeah, ever seen.
1: Yeah, they were touching each other more than, like, any team I've yeah. ever seen. This was, like, in the warm-up.
0: Like, it wasn't even That's the game. Steve it's Steve Nash, just, baby. Yeah, they're That's all just... Steve Nash. It's, it's just, like, every <laughs> shot, they all like do the little do it with me <laughs> this, this yeah just yeah. That, that one but like with every single player as you walk by
1: and i think it, it is like yeah grandpa steve kind of like passed that tradition down mm-hmm. and i feel yeah. like kelly Ubrey is also this same Angel. kind of per- <laughs> he's the same kind of person that's like i love everyone and i yeah. want you know everyone to do well so um, mm-hmm. yeah, I just, I wish I could have been in the locker room hearing Steve and Kobe interact.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So there wasn't a lot of beef or heat between Steve and Kobe, but there was a lot and it was on the court a couple of times between Steve and Dwight Howard. Oh, wow. There were, there were some famous clips of them yelling at each other, mainly like it was one of those. Like when you get so frustrated someone for just like not grasping basic concepts, it was just Steve Nash being like, come on, Dwight, like just do this thing. It was it was like him being frustrated with Dwight Howard being incredibly stubborn and just wanting to post up and do nothing else. So didn't work out super well. So basically everyone's doing all these things they don't want to do. And Mm -hmm. Mike D'Antoni doesn't want to change the offense. It's just not it's just not great. So by the end of the year. The Lakers end up fighting for the eight seed, and they're in a really heated race just to make the playoffs. And this got into a really fun and interesting ref scandal where there were a lot of games at the end of the season where the refs were making really shady calls to favor the Lakers. And there was a lot of speculation that the NBA had kind of influenced the referees like, hey, let's try to get the Lakers into the playoffs because when the Lakers are in the playoffs, we make a lot of money.
1: Right, right. Right. So that was,
2: yeah, that was a whole, that was a whole thing going on. Um, But then towards the end of the season, Kobe unfortunately ends up tearing his Achilles. He has that brutal injury of his Achilles. In classic Mm -hmm. Kobe fashion, he still shot the two free throws and made both of them and then limped off the court. Oh. But at that point he was then missing the playoffs Uh, they end up barely making the playoffs they make they make it in and uh, they play the Spurs in the first round who were absolutely incredible that was like peak (laughs) peak Spurs and they got swept in the first round none of the games were close and that was the end of the uh, this is going to be fun Lakers Uh, and it wasn't very fun for Lakers fans (laughs) or players or coaches (laughs) or the front office uh, but it's fun for everyone else in the league because it's always fun when the Lakers don't get their way. <laughs> That's true. Which is why this season has been very fun. Uh, but yes, now we now we can go back and look at this iconic Sports Illustrated cover it and just, laugh at it.
1: It goes to show, though, that like it doesn't really matter if you're bringing a bunch of superstars together. That does not mm-hmm. necessarily make a good team. Like the the this is like a super team they're bringing all of these you know great players together but Mm
0: -hmm. right it needs good coaching and it needs like 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 a matching. yeah like like uh like collaboration between all the especially when it's like multiple big stars and they all like you know have giant egos and think that they're the star and like it doesn't work if you just mash them together you have to figure out a way to make them work Right.
2: Exactly. Chemistry is super important. Yeah. And, and it's very underrated. And that's why when you look at other teams that ended up working, it either has to be a better fit. Like you look at the big three, the Celtics. Ray Allen just wants to shoot threes. Paul Pierce wants to be in the mid-range. Kevin Garnett wants to play defense and post up. Perfect. No, everyone's going to do what they want to do. You look at the Heat. Like Chris Bosh is so underrated in what he had to do to make the Heat work. And he just had his jersey retirement a couple of days ago. Oh, and so great. I great choked up watching it. It was so cute. It. Yeah, we, we, just,
0: we watched it. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, he's so great. And like that's, that's the kind of thing where you can look at this, this Lakers team and on paper they should be incredible and they should be amazing. You're like, look at all these players that are on the team. They should be amazing. But chemistry and working together is so important and good coaching. And that's why when you look at the heat, like Chris Bosh had to change his entire game style. He, he was basically asked to do the same thing that Paul Gasol was asked to do. Chris Chris Bosh in Toronto was like really good at rebounding and post play. And when he got to the Heat, they were like, "Hi Chris Bosh, you need to shoot three pointers and play perimeter defense." And he was like, "What?" And it took him <laughs> like a year, but he ended up doing it, and like it, it allowed the Heat to win back to back championships.
1: It seems so. like there, for longevity in a player's career, it takes some flexibility. Like you have to. Be willing to change and adapt and Mm -hmm. work with a new team or, you know, even just adapt over time as your body changes, you know. Totally. Yeah, you
2: have to you have to be able to swallow your pride and swallow your ego, and that's why when you look at the Warriors and you look at what Andre Iguodala did, he got to a point where they made him come off the bench, and this was a dude who was like running the show in Denver and running the show in Philadelphia, and you've Steve Kerr being like, "Hi, I'm going to need you to just come off the bench and play defense against the other team's best player. Are you okay with that?" And just like had to convince him to do it, and then you look at the success of it, so. Yeah, you got to have people either being willing to change or do what's best for the team. And when they do that, it works. And when they don't, you are the Dwight Mayer Lakers.
0: Right. Right. Wow! Totally. Wow! This is very informative. Thank you so much. <laughs> no
2: problem. I, I'm glad I could share it with yeah. you.
1: Yeah, I also love because you hear so much about the great teams, the winning teams, but you don't Fun. hear about how messy things are in between those winning right. teams. Because everyone's always like Showtime Lakers, you know Kobe. You banana, get the banana sense. Boys. <laughs>
2: banana boys. Banana boys. <laughs> banana boat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you hear. You hear about. Everything that's like worked, but I kind of love hearing about what didn't work, yeah, I mean, that's kind of more <laughs> fascinating. You learn more, yeah, yeah. exactly.
2: I mean, you can learn important life lessons from it. Yeah. Just be nice and be flexible. And, you know, everything is a it's like with relationships. It's a compromise. It's right. a give and take. You got to meet people halfway uh, and d- maybe you don't try to yeah. trade your entire roster for Anthony Davis. Right, <laughs> It might not work really well when you have to still play half of an NBA yeah. season.
1: <laughs> That's why I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Every team should have a group therapist that like yeah. makes them do like improv one one games and like <laughs> trust falls and stuff because it is such a chemistry relationship thing. Um, hmm. But yeah, anyways, thank you so much yeah. for sharing that story with us. That was great. No um,
0: everybody should check out the horse podcast. You guys really make it fun and uh, informative to listen to for someone like me who doesn't have a lot of the history knowledge. Um, is there anything else you'd like to plug?
2: No, I mean, if, if I would say just give Horse a shot. If you search any podcast thing for Horse, it'll be there. Our website's horsehoops.com. And then if you want to hear me read the Harry Potter series for the very first time as a grown man, you can check out my other podcast, Potterless.
1: Yeah, and you, I could see... Uh at least one Potter book right behind you on your shelf. Yeah, I've got,
2: <laughs> my shelf is like all Harry Potter paraphernalia and stuff. Nice. People have sent me like wands and all these other things and like chocolate frogs. So oh my I've God, got, amazing. Got, that's so Yeah, I've gone from, I went from being like, ugh, these books are so overrated till like, now I'm like, look at me, I have a sorting hat toy. <laughs> 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 a custom Weasley sweater.
0: <laughs> That'd be so fun. Um, I love that you, that's a great idea for a podcast. Yeah. you did that.
1: Have you been to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter?
2: I have. I've been to both. Oh my god. Nice. That's I, part of the that's part of the plus of having a uh, a successful Harry Potter podcast is you can email these things and be like, "Hi, if you give me a free ticket, I will talk about your oh, thing on my cool. show." And they were like, "Sure." So I I did the Orlando one and the Los Angeles one,
0: and I had a great time at both. Have Amazing. you have you been to the Studio Tour in London?
2: I have not, but oh, it's my, so plan, my plan is I have a Patreon goal when, a, when I hit a thousand to like do a whole trip to the UK and like do that and try to do a live show and do all this other stuff. So I'm very excited to see all of that, too, because I've seen dozens yeah. of pictures of it and I'm supremely jealous. It
0: is. Yeah, it's very cool. I highly recommend it for anyone who gives a shit about Harry Potter.
1: When did you do it? <laughs>
0: um, I went a couple years ago. So cool. Yeah. It, w- it yeah. It's awesome.
1: I yeah. love Harry Potter and I haven't done anything. I feel like such a bad fan. <laughs> I haven't been
0: to I haven't been to the Florida one. We can go to do that. All
1: right. Let's go to and Florida. We'll, we'll see, see a magic
0: game or a heat a, game. Yeah, or heat. <laughs> we'll just travel yeah. travel
1: around Florida doing basketball <laughs> and uh, Harry Potter. Yeah. Cool.
0: Uh, Sounds like a perfect trip. I also really I like your uh, website, the horse website is very nice. Oh
1: yeah, all of your design oh. stuff is so cool. The logo's great. Love it. Thank Love it. you.
2: We put a lot of work into it. Allison Wakeman did all of our art. Kelly Beckman does all of our web design stuff. It is. We were very smart. And rather than trying to do it on our own, we got talented people to do it for. Yes. Us. Yeah. And I think it's worked out for the best. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. We did the same thing. We have yeah. amazing people. Uh, Andrea Dominguez who did our design. And uh, nice. Gabe, yeah, your design is also pro- wonderful. Producer Gabe made our website, which is amazing. Um, Yay, producer Gabe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thank you so much for being on the show. We had such a fun time. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure having you. Yeah. If yeah. you want to um, connect with us on Twitter and Instagram, we're at Podcast. Check out our website, dunk.town. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Uh, thank you to Andrew Clotworthy for our beautiful theme song. Um, and thank you to you guys for listening. As always, we love you. We love you. Bye. Bye.